Hello, and welcome to the Clown Hospital Podcast, the mental health podcast that is not afraid to admit that capitalism is the problem. I am your host, Sadie, and with returning guest, Frank. Hello, Frank. Good morning. Good morning, Sadie. Hi, everybody. It's Frank. Hello. I guess the first thing on my mind as we record this is we're recording at it's right now 10 37 in the morning like when you said when like we were scheduling you said 10 a.m i was just like oh my god that's like fucking perfect um so very grateful because i often record at 7 p.m and it's manageable for me but like i'm always so tired at the end because like evenings are hard for me so really really grateful to have a 10 a.m. recording. I love morning people. Fucking Benjamin Franklin, also born on my on my birthday, January 17th. You know what he said? Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And fuck that Hell motherfucker. Hell yeah. <laughs> early birdie gets the worm. Hell yeah. Yeah, I went to bed at like 8.30 last night. I just was like, I'm so tired. I think it's because, so... You know, I have a weed card now, so I got some tinctures, and I like the tinctures. But, but there is one slight problem with a with a tincture. It's that like, you know, when they when you get to the end of the bottle, and like you're trying to like properly dose, it's like it's hard to get like the full ass dose in there because like the ang like trying to like angle it or whatever like because it it doesn't it's not just like that right amount in there. And so I couldn't get enough for like a full dose. And I was like, so I'll just take it like a shot. (laughs) (laughs) And famous last words. (laughs) And that was like at least three times more than I was intending to take. Oh my God. I like I could feel it in my mouth and I was like, oh shit, I just fucked up. And and I went to watch a movie. I went to watch, like, there's a new Werner Herzog movie, like, from the last year or two about volcanoes. And I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to watch while stoned. But that sounds great. There's too many people using the Netflix. So I instead <laughs> watched um, the documentary about Pepe the Frog. Um, about, like, the man who made it and about how it became, like, a right wing yes that was like the scariest fucking movie i could have ever watched like well date well like dangerously stoned i was so fucking horrified but i couldn't stop watching it was it was a rough experience actually (laughs) oh my god it was a good it was a good movie but like you know, it made me think a lot about because it was they, they talked a lot about like you know like what the classic like neo-Nazi like recruitment tactic is like you find the lonely kids and then like and then you take them under your wing and you show them like angry music that like you know they feel like that they relate to you and then you convince them that like 
black people are the problem and then like you have a nazi and then like it really and there's a lot in that movie like about that like about like just all these like loner ass bitches on 4chan and like oops all nazis (laughs) yes and like and just like the way that has morphed in the internet like era and like you know sometimes like i think it's like damn like really you know like i was like a loser white kid in small town pennsylvania like where like there definitely was like clan activity i had trouble making friends i like was like upset and lonely about that and like it just it sometimes feels like luck that i found like leftover crack rather than like screwdriver yeah and like (laughs) uh, i'm really grateful for that <laughs> um that and you know like i also like had friends of a variety of like races and stuff so like i think and you know that does but that also doesn't that doesn't even prevent you from being a nazi there are definitely nazis with friends who are like of different races but yeah so then but then to watch that before i moved back home I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to move back home and become a Nazi, but like, I do worry about being isolating and like what that will do to my psyche. I don't think it will make me a Nazi though, but it was just really haunting and scary. No, like I saw something that like a bunch of like edgelord trans girls on Twitter were saying, uh, like the, the, the white gamer ones only, but, uh, a lot of them were like so like don't uh, ask a trans woman what she was white trans woman what she was doing in 2015 yeah i was like gross yeah and i, I saw like a bunch of other trans women being like <laughs> like like speak for yourself like what the fuck yes <laughs> yeah i was not doing that in 2015 i was yeah. like in 2015 i was like trying to get like rapists kicked out of the like the philly punk scene i was not i was not helping trump win the election <laughs> yeah unreal yeah it's really weird and yeah it's weird like you know i was i don't know why like this is not what we're here to talk about we're not here to talk about fortune but like i i had like a brief like i like i was on it like a few years in my like late teens but i i think i was i was at a point where like you know it wasn't what it was you know it was always fucked up but I think someone like the outright fascist stuff at least wasn't as outright as it seems to be now. And uh, also I think I had like enough like media literacy to like, you know, take what you like and leave rest. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's like, I could take like indie music recommendations, but not weird like misogynist bullshit or racist bullshit or whatever um yeah i'm i'm kind of a misogynist sometimes and working on it (laughs) just kidding damn well now that was a very strange reflection but 
Yeah, I think, you know, people always like, like, no one likes to think that they are part of the problem or like have the potential to be like a bigger part of the problem, uh, like a racist or something. So it can be like really humbling to be like, no, like that totally could have been me. Because uh, like, I think I- it's also important to remember it's like that not being you means like, like you have to like do work you can't and like be conscious like you like if you just go with the flow you will be doing right you'll be playing into these systems because literally like the the flow is built to to benefit these systems um so i don't know just i don't know feels like an important reflection and i it just that movie is like stuck to my bones like yeah it was fucking scary all right, do you do you, what's up with you? You you got any weird movie re- reviews, or do you want to just talk about psych words? Um I'm, oh, so it's not so much a movie, but this is what happened last night because I was trying to watch Stranger Things, and I I guess somebody in my family was re-watching the series because I thought it I picked start at season four, episode one, but like um, I guess it was playing um, season two, episode one. And I remember like <laughs> like seeing, watching it and thinking like, whoa, are they using a deep fake on a child? That looks just like Millie Bobby Brown. And then like, it kind of fast forwarded a little bit. And then like, uh, she's like in a dress and like has clearly aged like a lot. And I remember I bust out laughing. I was like, yo, they've got a whole adult in children's clothes like give it a rest you know like but then I realized like no I'm extremely high and this is season two and I've seen it before (laughs) and then like I was like this sucks I'm gonna put on a pick a card tarot reading and go to sleep and sure enough I put it on I pick a deck I'm out like a light like it was beautiful hell yeah I I think I I think this is an important uh because you know it's a very classic activity to like smoke weed and watch movies and i think it's a a, i think it's important to approach that dialectically sometimes it goes weird (laughs) you know sometimes it it gets freaky and you're like wait what is happening and i know and then just turns out you're stoned all right so we are here today to review our psych word experiences. I think I asked you this, like, about this topic, like, maybe, like, two days after my last hospitalization. Uh, you know, we both have a few under our belts, and, you know, psych word stuff and psych word stories have come up a little bit before, uh, and I just want to do an episode on it. That's really it. Um, so, yeah, we are going to talk about each of our psych word experiences for up to 10 minutes and rate them on a scale out of 10 just because you know not really scientific scale but whatever (laughs) and then we're just going to talk about the experiences some talking points being staff the schedules group food room showers the horrible mirrors those things make you look so fucking ugly like the tin mirrors free time oh awful interactions with other patients yeah i yeah, the I remember. Well, I'll talk about 
the mirrors uh, in my final review. All right, so I guess I'll start and take a note of the time. Or should I set a timer so it feels? Yeah. We love digressions because we have Gemini placements. <laughs> we do. I mean, you know, we've already been talking for 49 minutes and we just started been- recording. Um, Gemini sun, I'm the Gemini moon. Yes. We irritating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do 10. I, yeah, I'm definitely annoying. People try to tell me otherwise, but you can't fool me. All right. Uh, I love it. All right. Let's let's go. All right. So my first hospitalization, um, I guess the the story like part of the story was I you know, it was my very first hospitalization and I wasn't and I was a little nervous about running into like for like I've worked in social work. Uh, in Philly for five years, I was like so nervous about running into like former clients, especially ones of my job that I like quit like two weeks prior. And like, so I tried to like skip the CRC and go to the ER, but turns out the ER, they just send you to the CRC. Um, Yeah. And so and that that day was 9 a.m to midnight and like they try to place me in a bed with a man like roommate and i was like absolutely not and then i was yeah and then i was so like they're like yo we have a bed for you but you have to be the man i was like absolutely not and then so i had to wait like several hours longer and then they placed me in malvern uh, in South Philly, which is a young adult program, which is ages 18 to 26. So it's like we're we're catching the demographic of people who are still on their parents' insurance. Um, and like I remember like talking to someone on the phone, like from Malvern, and they'd be like, Oh, it's like a program for young adults such as yourself. And I was like, I'm 29. Do I count as a young adult? I don't feel like I count as a young adult and you know they just like put me somewhere because there was no one else for me and like they were private insurance only and you know I was still technically on my work insurance so they sent me there um and I really I was there for two weeks uh which is like a longer stay yeah Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, um, I earned that because, uh, and this is going to be a big suicide trigger warning. Skip ahead like a minute if uh, you don't want to hear it. But I was collecting because I it was this was 2020 or 2021. I was collecting masks. I was ripping the strings off, and I made a longer string, and. I, I, I tried some things out with that string. It just mechanically didn't work. And then I told them myself, and they're like, yep, you're here for another week, dude. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. they like changed the rules about masks because <laughs> of me, where it's like, you no longer like, 
you like had you had to like show the nurse that you were throwing the your old mask out and um people were like this is so stupid why do we have to do this and i was like god damn it <laughs> this we're was... all trying to find who did this <laughs> <laughs> i was straight up like people were like what like i remember like some of my friends and they were like why is this like where did this rule come from and i was like i'll tell you when staff's not around <laughs> um, <laughs> and but yeah i i had a really good time there actually it like you know being with mostly like like the majority of the people were probably like 19 20 and i think one of the like things that made that feel novel was like it just felt like summer camp it felt like fucking summer camp like and we just like we just played uno all day and like watched like nathan for you and like movies that and so much fucking fun it was it actually was really fun they had two smart TVs, so like, um, lots of movie watching going on. There were a bunch of band kids in there, so sometimes I would wake up early, and there'd be like so there'd be like just like one dude just sitting there like listening to like Claire de Lune, and like it fucking ruled. Especially when I got in there, it was like all teenage lesbians, and like. So, like, the vibes were just great. And then eventually, like, you know, like, I think what really, part of what really stands out of this experience is, like, the way, like, the, like, what they call, like, the milieu can change. And, like, so quickly. Because, like, a psych ward, you know, you could have three people come in and three people go out on the same day. Like, like the, the census of, like, the types of people you have in there can change like so quickly and that and the vibes can change so quickly and you know event like near the end there was like a lot more men uh and it was a lot less fun <laughs> and you know i've talked about it before there's like an incident where like a fellow client made a transphobic joke uh and like the staff like did, just did not really do anything and then like which led into like me almost getting into a fist fight uh, and with another client but i don't know and one like that like but he he walked away thankfully but um like that was like the thing that sucked is like i felt so safe there for like such a good period of time and that happened and it just like really ruined my sense of safety there which really sucked because like I did I I like was having like a healing time and one thing I really liked about it was like was like the community aspect like it just felt like that place they it really they really encouraged y'all to like get along and like do stuff together and stuff and like and my other psych my other psych ward experiences have haven't felt as like communal and I really liked that you know like this like 21 year old like lesbian or bisexual or whatever the fuck she was uh gave me like a tarot read reading that like made me cry and oh like there's one who was like really obsessed with the theory of taylor swift being like a closet lesbian like and that was fun to hear about like i don't know it was chill what oh sorry 
No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, a really tiny sidebar that I'm obsessed with the theory that Taylor Swift committed vehicular manslaughter with uh, Harry Styles in 2013, <laughs> and then both got away with it and then just wrote songs about it. Oh my God, that's, that one is news to me. I'll have to go back to the psych word to hear about it. Or I guess you could just <laughs> tell me. But um, yeah. I like yeah, like the staff I felt were good until like they they were like they basically were like, oh like you're upset at the, about this transphobic joke, but you were you were you were making all these jokes about finding the clitoris, and I'm like, that's extremely different and <laughs> like and actually funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like it is way it it is just so different. Like there wasn't like a target to my clitoris i mean my target was like you know straight dudes like there wasn't a target to my clitoris but the clitoris (laughs) oh my god um (laughs) yeah well and see the food the food was like me like it wasn't bad it was just bland but the one girl she she had friends drop off sriracha and then I put sriracha on everything because <laughs> nothing tasted good <laughs> there. Um, yeah. Is yeah, it also is, COVID? Yeah, it was COVID times. But they, for visitation, they had an iPad and you could talk on the iPad for 50 minutes and that was that was totally serviceable. Oh yeah, this is at Penn Hospital. No, this is at Malvern. Oh, okay. But we'll we'll get to Penn. We'll get to Penn <laughs> a bunch of times. Damn, there's there's our time. Um, but yeah, if I were to rate it on a scale of one to ten, I would say like a seven. Like, cause it was like really good for most of the time. And I guess my one last thing I'll say is, I lo- I love the groups. Um, like we did like we did like legit group therapy, which like. It turns out it was actually really rare to have in a hospital setting. And um, I was, like, really grateful to have it. And, you know, someone in group, like, mentioned something about, like, their childhood trauma, like, in detail. And then he got, like, a talking to. And, And then we were like, we should do, like... Can we, like, you know, it's like, if we can't talk about this here, like, where the fuck can we talk about it? Like, you know. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. And we we complained. And then they let us do trauma group. Where. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did, like, where, and it was like a. So they did it so it's like a choice. It's like you could you go do trauma group or you could do art therapy. And I felt like that was good because like yeah, I, I like I understand like that rule because like people are in vulnerable places and might not want to be like exposed to other people's like graphic details and stuff. And like but like there are also people who like, you know, like I'm in here because of some dark shit. Like I need to like let some of that dark shit out. So it was, it was really cool that they were able to adapt. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, I would say, good. I would say seven. Like you know, I would say like without the transphobia stuff, like it would it would definitely be higher. But yeah, that was my first trip. Nice. Well, um, I guess the review that <laughs> will always. Anytime I think of like the hospital, I'm just like, it's this experience. <laughs> um, and yeah. it is second hospitalization. Technically, my second and a half. Because, uh, <laughs> like, uh, my first hospitalization, I will only mention just to set the stage, uh, which was um, November 4th, 2006, until November 7th or 8th. 2006. I was 14. It was for um, severe ideation and previous attempts. So that set the stage. That was all right. We're not going to rate that one. But then my second one was in uh, like my legit second one, not the half, was in 2015. In April, I accidentally made myself manic um, (laughs) because I drank like two uh monsters like in a oh row God. Like, and i just like i remember i was driving home and playing like uh three cheers for sweet revenge like on maximum volume and like screaming along as i'm driving down i-75 and then like coming home just being like a lizard like i can't sleep and like just being like so delusional and like paranoid and i remember on the third day of not being able to sleep, I knocked on my parents' door and I was like, I need to go to the hospital. And then I like, my mind just like broke from reality and I became extremely like just nuts. So um, <laughs> like that hospitalization was just like Kafka-esque, like awful. Um, <clears throat> I mean, one, I had a lot of really scary psychosis like, uh, this was the first time I'd experienced psychosis in my life. And I became so manic that I lost the capacity for speech. Like I was nonverbal for a little bit of it. And then when I was able to speak again, um, I spoke like a, like a, a pigeon or a blend of all of the languages that I speak, you know, like I speak four languages. So like nobody could communicate with me. Like people were calling me the R word. Cause I was like drooling. Cause I was on so much Cyprexa. Like uh, this old I, racist. <laughs> I don't understand like the R word. I don't understand what happened. I feel like I feel like there was a good few years where like no one used it anymore, and then it just kind of made a comeback. Like I don't understand what the fuck happened with the R word. I don't hear it anymore. Oh, I still hear it like often. Yeah, I mean now when you hear it, it's very gauche. You're like, ugh, like you know, just super like. I don't know. It's like not even like funny anymore, right? Like, no. um, but uh, yeah, no, people. I think we just both get one tangent interjection per oh, review. Absolutely. But like, yeah, like uh, people were just referring to me as the R-worded girl. Like it was just like, Ugh! and I remember just like, kind of like being like trapped in my own body like where like I knew who I was like I know myself to be like a complex intelligent person like with a really stupid sense of humor but like you know yes, like a lot I of feel people, that yeah <laughs> but like and I felt like I couldn't get out like I would try to talk and like nothing would come out like and if it did it was just like like it's just terrible 
And yeah, there's this racist old, like former Marine who she was like, oh, she's got to be dead by now. Um, Like fucking, she had this, like, she wore this like bun, like, how do I describe it? Kind of like a high one, but like she did her makeup. Like she always did the winged eyeliner and she was like, like really, really, really like platinum white blonde, um, maybe in her seventies. And like, she just kind of walked around in like a little like shuffle days, but like, uh, she you could tell she wasn't here you know like like oh she's not here she's fucking in that tune or something like uh if she like accidentally like spilled splenda or like needed things or like if people were like leaving stuff behind she would be like oh pick that up like like she would just like refer to me as like the help i guess she thought i was her fucking maid or something and she kept calling me maria and like i couldn't talk so it was just like this fucking bitch you know like it was awful but oh yeah and my roommate was this uh really really skinny woman who uh was going through withdrawals um like through I think it might have been speed or opiate possibly both but like she would just scream throughout the night just yelling 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 and I remember one night she woke up she's like oh fuck I just got my period and like just super like and it was frightening because like she like lifts up her like because I wake up because she's screaming and she lifts up her fucking blanket and like it looks like somebody like stabbed her and I'm just like what the hell and like I'm scared at this point and I was just like I I can't take this this is awful and um so eventually I started to try like what what I noticed was if I sang, I could use words through lyrics. I couldn't make my own, but I could repeat others. I was just a parrot at that point. And so like, um, <coughs> like I would like have to like sing my way around doing things with like songs that already exist. Like, so like I remember crawling underneath like the, like the little like, observatory desk or whatever the nurse's station and I just remember like singing at the top of my lungs like I'm not okay <laughs> like um, and just like laughing I was just like eh fuck you or like uh you know like if I was like thirsty stuff like one of them figured it out everyone else was just like whatever like I would sing like waterfalls and like try to point it at a cup but like <laughs> um it was just like silly but like I was like getting better I I do believe I was also there for two weeks actually I think all of these are two weeks <laughs> oh god um so I remember it's one such day- a long time to be hospitalized it really is it's just like especially when like you see people who are like on a legit 302 that ends at the 72 hours it's just like man like who's dick do I gotta suck to make that happen like <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, like I remember I was on uh, the basketball court and there's this new guy who. Uh, you had a you know, like, basketball court? Oh, yeah. There was like a recreation court because it's Florida. Oh. I know. But it was like jail, dude. Come on. Like <laughs> the jail has a rec room too. Yeah, but like, you know, in most of my hospitalizations, like there's just no outside at all. So, like, a basketball court or like going out being outside sounds amazing and like I, I get it like when you add like a chain link fence and like some barbed wire on top it it's not it's not so fun but yeah 
But <clears throat> yeah, we were on the basketball court and I remember this like David Foster Wallace ass, head ass, <laughs> fucking, you know, just like douche. Uh, but like he was cute. And so, and obviously I was like a little pick me bitch. Not, not necessarily in that way, but more like I, I thought, like I would just nag people. Like, uh, I, I'm annoying. But anyway, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking, he's talking about how like modern art is useless, how like uh, it's, it doesn't matter, it's pointless. And then that's when I, I told him, like, no, you're like, for some reason, like, I was able to use my words again because I needed to tell this guy how wrong he was. But like, uh, I um, was like, you're wrong. Like, have you heard of like Marina Abramovich and Ule? Like, you know, the, there are these like really, uh, there are these performance artists um, and um, like they had a really long tumultuous career and marriage together. And when they decided to part ways, they both uh, walked across the Great Wall of China from opposite ends, met in the middle, and uh, parted ways separately and never to hear from each other again for decades until Marina has a um, an installation called The Artist is Present where, yeah, she's seated in the middle of the room in like this long flowy dress and she's just silent, arms crossed on, on the table and just stares into the soul of the like perceiver and Ule comes to visit her by surprise and when and when he does and they they make eye contact they both begin to cry and it's just so beautiful and I was like that like you can't tell me that doesn't matter you know like like what the fuck like and um later on he was like hey I'm I'm really sorry for you know just not thinking that you're like a person basically you know just like for not like considering that like you have like you know like a brain or like can or like are more than just what I've projected on you so I'm mm-hmm. sorry and so uh, I was like all right cool so what would I rate that hospitalization if <laughs> extremely Tyra Banks voice if I could I would give it a zero but <laughs> I so I give you a one <laughs> <laughs> damn i do like that you like just like threw in like a whole explanation about the artist's present both in your hospitalization and right now on the podcast <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> i love that i love that so much and yeah it really i also just was like thinking it's like wow like the psych ward is just such an insane place <laughs> it's so weird this woman screamed like a crow cause. Like, oh, fuck! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thank you for that first review. That was very horrific to listen to, but interesting <laughs> as well. All right. Cool. My second hospitalization was, and um, we have some overlap here, um, is Pennsylvania Hospital Sex Bruce. Um, which, like, I, I feel like the first hospitalization spoiled me. You know, 
smart TVs mostly was the what was spoiled. People like close-ish to my age. Because the thing about Six Spruce is that it is designated for mood disorders and geriatric patients. Yep. So imagine my fucking whiplash where I spend two weeks with teens and then six months later I spend one week with a man who was 100 years old. Honest <laughs> to God, 100 <laughs> years old. And there's one guy in there who is like, I don't know, like 77. He is like, oh man, I want to be like him. He's 100 years old. And I'm like, that dude looks fucking miserable. <laughs> like, I was like, if I was 100 years old, I would be trying to kill myself too. Like, it just like being in his body just looked like a bad experience. Um, and we we are watching the History Channel one day, and there was a special about like Henry Ford, and a lot of it was like it took place like in the 1920s and like 1930s and such. And I was like, "Yo, our dude was alive during this shit. <laughs> like, you know, he was a baby." But he was alive, and it was it was very surreal. Um, yeah, Six Spruce, you seem really high on it. We'll talk about that. I I'm not low on it. It just it just is like it felt like a very middle of the road experience. That was, you know, we look, did have outside time. Look at the mean of mine, because I was Six Spruce twice. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that. That is interesting. Yeah. So as far as outside goes, they had like a little like a little space. That, yeah, yeah like, that little like and like the little like cigarette place, even though they don't let you smoke. Yeah, the the I don't know, like a little porch and you know, it wasn't a whole lot, but it you know, when I was stuck inside for two months or two two weeks <laughs> at, at the last at the last place. And like what the not get to go outside at all, getting it getting to like just breathe some fresh air was like a big deal. Yeah, that one was okay. Like I that was one where like I was really I was really spoiled also by like, in the first place having group therapy and like uh six spruce like was like you know it was like OT groups, it was like occupational therapy groups. So yeah. it was like you know, there would be some, like, skills sorts of things, but it would be a lot of, like, bingo and crafts and stuff like that. And, like, I don't know if I got, like, a whole lot out of that, but, like, you know, I, like, just leaned into it and, like, you know, it at least passed the time. Um, and, yeah, like, it, like I, I didn't have any problem with the groups. The food, I did not like. At Pennsylvania Hospital? Yeah. Damn, they must have given you, like, fucking the best at Malvern. Because, like, fucking Six Spruce had the best food. What, Like, ugh, it was so good. Like, the, thing, had- that I, the thing I liked about Six Spruce, <laughs> like, at Pennsylvania Hospital, is, like, they had, like, so many options. 
and like you could find like i was able like you know like they had like a really full like alternate menu so like it was possible to like just find the stuff you like and just get the stuff you like all the time um and as a picky eater like that that was like once i was able to figure that out like i had a better time it was like really interesting being with like old people <laughs> um there was i must like i must just look really gay because i remember i i went in there like i'm like pacing around it's like my first night and like people are watching tv and they're like oh new person come here and then i sit next to this old dude and immediately he looks at me and goes i used to be bisexual and i was like what i was like that's great dude and then uh he another time he i sat next down next to him and he goes do you want to taste my nut Sometimes it's salty, sometimes it's sweet. And I was just like, no. <laughs> no. There was one dude in there who I who I really liked this dude. He was real chill. He was in there for five weeks. Cause he didn't have like somewhere to go afterwards. And like so it was like whole debacle. And he finally got out of there like while I was still there. Uh, and I was really excited to see him leave because five weeks is a really fucking long time. Yeah. To be hospitalized. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, there's also this old lady who, like, she. I've talked about her before on the show, but she talked in just complete mumbles, and <laughs> you and like, you know. When once I got used to her, I was able to understand her a lot better. But like, really, like the only word people could understand her say was Scooby Doo, <laughs> and she just walked around talking about Scooby Doo. And um, one time I was on the phone and she was walking around with pictures of Scooby Doo, and she came up to me. She's like, "Do you have Scooby Doo's phone number?" <laughs> I was <laughs> like, "What? No." um and but my my other favorite story with this woman is like we became friends like she always wanted to sit next to me like during group and community meeting and stuff and she we're just we're just chilling there she looks she turns her head she looks at me and she just barks out faggot <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, I was just like, no. But I like was like, that was the funniest fucking thing <laughs> that has ever fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was all right. I felt like um like the residents, I feel like I really lucked out with like the residents. Um, you know, like the doctor residents. Not people who stay there. I mean, you know, people who stay there were mostly fine, but um, you know, like the doctor students like were also chill. Uh I talked about wanting to learn, learn the bass, and the one was like, You're gonna be a cool bass girl. And I was like, You bet I am. Uh Aww. 
and yeah, like there I had no problem with like pronouns or any of that. Um, or like not no problem, but like, you know, not and not too much more than you would expect just by being with like a lot of older people who maybe like aren't super familiar with the trans thing. Um yeah, that's really all I have to say on that. Yeah, I think I think I'll give that like a six. Like I feel like it's like middle of the road, but like it was middle of the road in a way that felt like positive. Like like if I like well, last time I was in the CRC, I kind of wanted to go back there, especially because like you know getting there from the CRC like was pretty easy. Like that's that second time I was at the CRC is like. I went in nine in the morning and I think I was like in my room by like 1 p.m. Which is like so fast. That's crazy. And like literally they like, you know, one of the things that makes the CRC take so long, I mean, like it's like two things. It's placement and then transport. And to only have to wait for placement and not have to wait for transport is just, like, also amazing. Because, like, yeah. transport's also, like, always, like, just, like, far behind. They'll be like, oh, they'll be here in half an hour. And then, like, three hours later, they get there. It's a cop um, car. Well, for me, it's always it's been ambulances. It's been cop cars for me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Probably. Oh, that's awful. I don't want to think about <laughs> That. yeah that sucks but like at six spruce it was just a wheelchair because they just put me in a wheelchair and took me up to the like the sixth floor and you know that was great so yeah i give that a six for six spruce all right that's worthy and fair um hold on my laptop died so i have to do this on my phone okay yeah hospitalization number three now chronologically three and a half if you've been following use players at home <laughs> uh, we've got uh pennsylvania hospital aka six spruce so this was actually um for what it was worth uh for as traumatizing as it was to get into the hospital because yeah. at one point missing like i thought i was literally dying like i was having like intense hallucinations um like i legitimately thought i was gonna freeze to death like i kept calling oh, so many times like yeah no like it was awful and like mind you i basically all right i tried to go to the hospital the day before but it i was there for like 12 hours and still nothing and so i was just yep. like me out of here like you I, like i'm fucking done whatever like and they kept trying to like 302 me but i was just like no i want to speak to my like point of primary point of contact like i voluntarily signed myself in like i'm not like you can't say that this is you know like no services have been rendered i need to get out of here and so i did and then i had a full-blown psychotic episode when i got home. oh shit like, it was bad so yeah i remember trying to rip my iud out because i thought that i was oh. receiving like space messages like 
that sounds so scary to like experience it was, it was literally painful because i actually tried to rip out my iud it was awful oh, fuck. like uh yeah and like i kept contorting my body like it honestly felt like i do believe like that spirit possession exists like i was i something was inhabiting me i don't know what it was i also was living in a haunted house but like we can get into that later but like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i remember like my body kept like contorting itself and kind of like like just stretching in really unnatural places and just like I remember at one point I took out all of my tarot cards and like this is the night that I learned every single card because like I kept internalizing all of the information that I had learned thus far mm-hmm. and then that's when, like I had like the most intense hallucination I've ever had in my life and uh then when like it was kind of subsiding and like the sun was coming up and it was really cold. That's when I was convinced I was dying and called 911. And uh, yeah, then they had a police officer out there, like uh, basically giving me a field sobriety test. And I was like, I'm completely fucking sober. Like, and I was like, uh, and he made me like walk in a straight line. And then I, I just like started like yelling at him in Portuguese. And I was like, oh, great. My brain's fucking. And like, um, <laughs> it was bad. And then finally they like strapped me to a gurney and, uh, took me in an ambulance. And, uh, yeah, then I eventually needed to get sedated because (laughs) yeah, it was just out of hand in the arm. I don't, I remember waking up in a gown and, um, that was all right. Like that was actually pretty fine. Um, uh, cause like, I get like, this was pre COVID. So like you could still have visitors and, um, like so many of my friends were seeing me like every day. Um, it was incredible. Like, um, they would like bring me snacks. Like I remember like, just like having a really fun time giggling with like other people, like about like, just like the warden stuff. And, um, what else? That's great. Yeah, I've the- only been post COVID, so I haven't had like really like a real visitor experience. Damn, that's unfortunate because honestly, that really makes a difference. Truly, I bet. I bet. And, yeah, like I remember, um, like, oh, <laughs> like one time, um, I uh, like. I was at like the front desk for the first time and like mm-hmm. I was holding a folder and like a bunch of other shit. And there was like this like really, really, really large woman, like um, just like like immob- like mobility was like compromised because of how large she was. And she pointed at me and was like, hey, why does that Mexican girl get a folder or something like that? Oh, and my so- God ran up to her and like did like a like cypher like this where I was just like I I was just rhyming like using like like I don't even remember what the fuck I said but I remember like maybe it was the mania or maybe it really was like brilliant wordplay I will never know (laughs) but like uh and she's just like staring back at me like super dumbfounded and uh then like everyone else was just like laughing super hard and then I just like (laughs) was escorted to my room and like so that was really funny um and yeah like I will say the food was incredible I would rate this run of Pennsylvania hospital six Bruce an eight out of ten 
that is in no way, shape, or form how I feel about them. Word. Cool. Eight out of ten is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, compared to, like, how awful my first second and a half uh, were, yeah, eight was, I guess, as bad as high as I would experience. Yeah, I couldn't have, like, I couldn't have, like, what makes a 10 out of 10 hospitalization? Like, I would love it. For the listeners, if you have a psych ward or rehab experience that you would rate a 10 out of 10, uh, just, like, the most life-changing experience of your life, I would love to hear from you. Um, whether in uh, email form or come on the fucking show. Um, cool. So my last hospitalization was, I don't know, like a month ago. <laughs> Just a little dip at Mercy Hospital, which I guess is now officially Penn Cedar. Um, okay. So, uh, that experience started with a 28-hour visit at the CRC. Wow. Yes. And one part of that experience was that people who got there after me kept leaving before me. And what do you think is different between, and, and, you know, like, I was talking to people, I'm also very, like, observant. So I know who is like some people go to the CRC and they just get sent home. Some people go to the CRC and they get set up with IOP and then get sent home. And other people are sent to hospitalization, whether that's detox or the psych ward. Um, and so not everyone that leaves is leaving a place to, to, to placement, but like if you pay attention you can know who is going where. And right. so people kept leaving, like were placed before me and left before I was even placed. Um, and it very much seems like, cause I was trans. Cause you know, they right. just assume that like, you have to have a, like a single room. Um, and a lot of places, like can be tight for space so it's hard to find a spot for me and i mean the what like 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 five people like went to friends and i was like damn like like i don't know if friends is where i would want to go anyway i haven't really feel like i've felt, heard good things about it but like damn that's like a lot of people for you to not have a bed for me yeah um, and sitting in a chair for 28 hours while you're, like, in crisis is, like, not a good experience. I watched The Nutty Professor twice. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you do understand why I, I got stabbed with Ativan immediately, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I couldn't take waiting in the CRC any longer than I already had. It's such an awful experience. It's so bad. Um yeah, so, but, like, I ended up making friends with an old lady in there, and I talked to this old lady for hours. She was telling me about getting drugged in the 70s, like, and I was, and here I am, crazy-ass motherfucker, I'm, like, trying to guess what drugs she was drugged with. Quaaludes. 
she said LSD, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, I, like I was like telling this old lady what THB is. Um, just like very surreal experience. But then like a dude came in and he was covered in track marks and uh, he was like, I keep coming here and like they don't they don't they don't believe me anymore. They don't have any faith in me. They don't think I can I can get get off dope. And like I was it was really surreal being in the CRC with like a year of recovery under my belt. Right. And like this dude's trying to get in a detox and like he's feeling really hopeless and like and then like I say shit to him. He's like, oh, that's like really inspiring or whatever. Like it's like this is so weird. Uh what? but it was but it was like cool and special and uh you know, he asked the most important question of all is how the fuck do I get like off drugs when I live on a little sheet of cardboard? And the answer is like, I don't fucking know, dude. And like they said I went with like IOP. And, like wow. Worthless. Worthless. Um, but yeah, so that was the CRC experience. And you know, eventually I get to to Cedar. Um one of the things that I understand why they, this is definitely a thing. This is like Cedar. I was that like being there. I was like, wow, they've seen some shit. Like, um, I feel like my first two hospitalizations, I like, you know, it was obviously no strings, but like I had a hoodie for both of those. And this place wouldn't allow you to have a hood. I brought a hardcover book. They wouldn't let me have a hardcover book. Um, I was like, these these people have seen it. <laughs> like, they have seen people <laughs> use everything as a weapon. And uh, also, and this is, I'm sure this is like a bed bug uh, procedure is when you get there, you have to take off all your clothes and put on these like paper scrubs. Mm-hmm which I haven't had to do anywhere else. Awful, awful experience. Like that shit just traps heat. And like I slept and I just woke up and I just smelled like a fucking jockstrap. It was nasty. Oh no. And like, I was a mess. And, you know, I get there and very quickly on, I, I like I noticed a woman, like another patient, and I was like, that person is cute. <laughs> and then so the next morning, I am looking a mess, I'm smelling a mess, and I'm like, and I'm sitting in the common area with some people, and this this woman asks, like, so is sitting talking to this dude sitting next to her, and also sitting next to he's sitting, this dude's sitting between her and me. And he, on his hands, he has the letters PMW. And she's asking him about his tattoos. And she's like, what does that mean? And he's like, you know, you know it. And he was like, you know, I'm like 18. Like I was 18 and I made like a dumb decision. And I was like, I would make a decision now. And, And so she's like, oh, do you have any tattoos? So I like show her some of my tattoos and I show her my tramp stamp. And she's like, why do you? Why do you call it that? You don't seem like a tramp. And I was like, damn, this girl, like. <laughs> wow, she read you to film. 
she read me. She uh, she fucking saw me, and then she ends up switching seats with the boy, and and so like the tram stamp is a memorial tattoo. So she was like, "Was that like your friend or your girlfriend?" I was like, "Oh, just a friend." And she's like, "Well, so do you date men or women?" I was like, "I can go either way." And she gives me a high five, and then she goes, "My ideal person." would have tits and a dick. And I was like... Oh my god. We loved <laughs> we love chasers that we love. <laughs> we love chasers that we love. You know, like, yeah. If a man said that to me right after I got in this, like, war, we would have a problem. But a cute woman? I was like... <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Just like so blatant and i was like i was i was just like well we're out there i can promise you that and she's like like i want to live in your world <laughs> and i was like oh my god <laughs> and uh wish i could be part of your world <laughs> And then, and then she was like telling me the story about like going to a bar and like feeling really, really welcome there. And she was like, some old man touched me on the shoulder, just made me feel really welcome. And then she did that to me. And I just like, my heart just fucking melted. And then she left. Then she was discharged. Um, so nothing happened. And that just gets to be like a funny story, like in kind of I can't believe memory. you never wrote a Craigslist misconnection for her. I've like, well, I told my therapist this. It was like, if I see her on Tinder, I am swiping right. <laughs> um, but like, again, it just gets to be like a cute story. Uh, otherwise, the food, absolute dog shit. Um, absolute dog shit. I don't like fish, and they just gave you fish with like every fucking meal except breakfast. Yeah. It was nasty. Um, the food was gross. Um, they also didn't really, like, I was only there for three days. They didn't really do that much for me. They didn't even change my meds. And, like, that's, like, the thing about being in the hospital three times in 18 months. And, like, I have a psychiatrist. I have a therapist. Um, I am into recovery groups. Like, I am, like, doing everything that's prescribed. It's just I am still having a hard time. And they don't really know what to do with that. So they just kind of set me out. And I did feel better for a little bit, like for a few weeks. And I I, I don't feel so great like the last few days or the last week or so. But um, yeah, like I had like, a, and I, I mostly just read the whole time. Uh, like, you know, like there's only like one group a day, which like, you know, I really like groups in those places because it's like, that's what makes the time go. And makes it, the days feel so much longer when there's just one group a day. And like, the census was always like really low, which is like, I guess kind of nice, but also just kind of lonely and like quiet. I didn't like how quiet it was. Um, so I'd give that like a, hmm, like a three, I would say. Like, I wouldn't be fighting not to go back, but I definitely wouldn't recommend it. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and that's my 
last hospitalization as of yet. <laughs> we'll yes. see. Oh yeah, let's knock on wood. Um, for the yes. both of us. All yes. right. Fucking hospitalization number four, Pennsylvania Hospital, six spruce. Damn. Um, yeah. So r- roomed in the same room too. Holy which is shit. Amazing. But a little spooky. Um, I thought so. Okay, so when I was committed this time, I was having really violent audio hallucinations, uh, severe paranoia and delusions that I thought the FBI uh, had it, like was on to me because of, you know, like uh, I just got like super paranoid. What else? I just became increasingly more nonverbal and like it was bad. So my roommates took me to the hospital and um, I just remember um, this time it was COVID. So Uh yeah, like it was very different, you know, like had to like wipe down services like constantly. When during COVID was it? September, 2020. Oh, that's still pretty early. Yeah, that sounds brutal. Yeah. And like uh there I just remember like the staff was unbelievably rude this time. Like um I just remember that makes sense. Yeah. And I remember like my first night like where like they make you shower and everything. Um yeah. and like it's like a supervised shower or whatever. Like this lady Oh, I've just, never had to do that. Yeah, I I guess they had to supervise me because of like I don't know. I I appeared violent, I I guess. Mm. Like, oh yeah, they had to stick me with Adivan that time too. <laughs> um yeah, like I I was having a supervised shower and like this bitch is yelling at me. And so I look her, I make like the coldest eye contact I can at her. I pull down the fire alarm and then I just start screaming at her. Like, just like, uh, you know, just really like, just, I McFreakin' lost it. And so she was like, now look what you've done. And I, I just started giggling. Cause I was just like, yeah, fuck you, bitch. Um, but uh, somehow um, I uh, wasn't like put in ISO or anything. Like they just, whatever and like so that nurse was still like a bitch like i fucking ooh i'm not even gonna say it like uh fucking uh i just don't like there's like such a like nurse to cop pipeline you know oh yeah well it's it's like the meme is that like every like all the meanest girls from your high school are nurses now yeah absolutely so like there was that but and like everyone misgendered me and called me by my birth name jesus like there was another uh trans femme person they were really cool yeah like they oh yeah their name is jackie and they're a skater um and like it like just super like soft-spoken like sweet um but like i uh, want to I want to hang out with the freaking trans skater at the hospital. What the fuck? I've, yeah. I've, I was with another trans from uh, the first time. Uh, 
and that was great yeah they let me show you oh yeah because they also were advocating for me a lot like like you know correcting them when they would misgender me or use my legal name and also they tried to help yeah and they helped try to advocate for me because like they also couldn't get their estrogen until like the very last day oh my god like they straight up would not even give me my testosterone which i had brought like you know so it was just like we were like commiserating over this like but like it we're like still like we're like instagram friends like we like uh you know just we like keep up with each other like it's like it was really neat oh i also made really good friends with this guy ed who stopped talking to me because like i feel really bad but i said he stopped talking to me because he was just like wait you mean you lied to get out of the hospital he's like really disappointed in me and i was just like i I couldn't like i had no choice like uh you know and i I was really upset about that because i loved ed like um but yeah like um oh this was also uh, the summer that jeffrey epstein got killed in his uh fucking jail cell i thought that i was receiving messages like from like my iud transmitter again that jeffrey that i had information about like jeffrey epstein and like uh that i because i didn't give this information that i'd known that like i was in deep shit and like uh it was like really scary like i remember like a trigger warning for suicide i remember grabbing my bed sheet and like trying to make a like a Mm -hmm. a a roll i guess to try to like hang myself but i couldn't do it like and it was just really really unfortunate and like oh yeah like some of the residents were like making fun of me too but there's also this horrible man uh who i legitimately thought was bill cosby because he looked just like him and he was like a lecher too like just really like would like say horrible things about women just be like come sit on my lap like uh just sexually harassing people all the time um he fucking uh I remember one day, uh, like, it was, like, closer to the end of my time there, and, like, I'm speaking more normally again. Like, I see this dude. I think his name might have been Francis, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's just hilarious. But um, uh, he was, like, walking by with his, like, little stroller or walker or whatever. And I was just like, oh, great. Here comes Dr. Huxtable. And, like, everyone just, like, lost it. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it was really funny oh my um, god but like yeah even still there were like psychotic night nurses too like and i'm not even talking about that like bitch that like made me pull the fire alarm on her there was also this guy nurse rob who was just like really um just like nice but evil like he kind of like uh just the best way i could put it is like he had a really like it would look like he he didn't do anything overtly creepy right but like the way that he would look at you it would be like he was undressing you with his eyes even though nothing he nothing Uh. didn't go up or down he just like maintained straight eye contact it was just weird like perv shit right like um so uh it was like really weird so anyway i would rate this experience a three out of ten awful damn yeah, I mean, that really, like, 
you know, highlights like what I was saying, like just in the first one is just like it can change so much so quickly. Whether like who else is in there and then also like staffing, I'm sure changes a lot. So like you could go in like sometime later and like you like you know the staff that had your back the first time aren't there and you know it makes sense that you know the staff situation wasn't so great in september 2020 like imagine having to work in the hospital yeah uh in september 2020 like absolutely not like heinous shit cool so we fucking did it we do we have any takeaways from this experience i guess i just said my big reflection just just yeah it can really shift and change um you know i've grown to appreciate hospitalization only yeah. in the context of it is actually really beneficial to have like regular daily check-ins with a psychiatrist yes to yes I I agree. Like I I feel like I am someone. I feel like I should be an IOP just like forever, of just like having check ins like four like three or four times a week, or four or five times a week is amazing. Um and yeah, it's it's good to like just have that level of care sometimes and just like you know like the my first hospitalization. I remember like one night I like. I was I felt like really like paranoid and like depressed and suicidal and I was like I don't even have to go and ask for help I am just gonna sit up because it was like nighttime I was like if I just sit up like they will ask me if I'm okay and and I can just say no and then that's what happened like yeah uh shout out to Travis like Travis found me and was like say you're right i was like no he's like all right let's talk and then you know i went and talked and like i felt better and could go to sleep and i think they gave me like a night med which i wasn't on and then like they gave me a trousers and that shit gave me fucking mad nightmares like right? really horrific like horrific dreams i don't get nightmares but i have like, like ridiculous dreams oh i well i just have a problem with nightmares and i just just very visceral ass nightmares but yeah to just get checked in on that often when you need to get checked in on that often can be really really like a like really a lifesaver um it's like never like it's rarely fun but it, it can it can be helpful um to you know to some extent cool so i'm trying to get to a meeting in six minutes so let's do gratitudes um as i also could you see me covering myself in yarn I know. I'm like Sadie. <laughs> um, I'm so fidgety. Um, cool. So I do gratitude. And first of all, I'm grateful for you for coming on the show. Um, and talking about you know pretty vulnerable uh, experiences. Uh, and just you know, it's been nice to just talk about it and talk to other people about like talk to another person who's been through these experiences and you know we even have a hospital in common that's great i'm really grateful for you coming back on the show i am also grateful for i don't know this morning i woke up feeling just kind of on edge and uh i took some edibles 
uh, and played this game Spirit Fair, which is like a really beautiful, like just like really beautiful game about like grief and shit. And you know, I just was a nice cozy morning after waking up not feeling great. Um, and yes, yeah, so I'm grateful for being able to have that. And what are you grateful for, my friend? You know what? I'm grateful that Mercutio and Romeo is almost over. Um, that's my <laughs> retrograde for you listeners at home. It took me a second to figure out what that meant myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I'm grateful for you for having me on the show, for like Does getting we- to talk about the show. Like, it's so much fun. And like, um, yeah, it's great. Um, I'm also grateful. Mm, for like the port the support system I have for the people in my life the partners of mine like I just yeah I love I love you all very much hell yeah great so if anyone wants to send an unhinged email you can send an unhinged email to clownhospitalpod at gmail.com uh tell us about your uh best and worst psych ward experiences um if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Clown Hospital Pod. If you want to follow on Instagram or Twitter, it's Clown Hospital BB. And that's it. Um, yeah. But- oh, want to follow me on Instagram? It's Age of Capuarius. That's A G E O F C A P U A R I U S. Yeah, I talk about mental health and subs and like harm reduction stuff and also like really really silly stupid memes but yeah hell yeah um shout out and yeah and with that we say um fuck what do i say oh i say this podcast is dedicated to those who have fought before us and may we heal in their honor peace peace thanks Sadie. of course